0: listening to After Daycare Drop-Off, the podcast for working moms like you and like me. Today we're talking with Jess. She's married, has two kids, and works in utility engineering. How are you?
1: Good. How are you tonight?
0: Wonderful. So everybody who listens to this will know that it was obviously recorded at a different time, but the real life challenge of getting kids to bed happened tonight for both of us, didn't it? <laughs>
1: yep. We've we've been in a bit of a slump lately <laughs> with sure.
0: So your children are four and almost two, right?
1: Actually just turned two and almost five.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. So what time do five and two year olds go to bed?
1: So we start the process about seven o'clock. The game plan is that they're both asleep by eight and that's, you know, baths and all that stuff, but um, it doesn't always happen that way.
0: (laughs) (laughs) See, I know, I know we're starting talking about bedtime, but that is like the challenge is like all these variables with the, the special routine and having it be predictable. And one little thing that happens can just change all of that so quickly.
1: Oh, absolutely. And my little one right now is very much attached to me. So if we try and change it up so that I get to spend some time with with my son to put him to bed. Cause he loves the bedtime routine of reading books. Um, she just has trouble adjusting to that at all because she knows I'm in the house. So you hear a lot of mommy, mommy, mommy. It's pretty heartbreaking.
0: Oh, you're like, I love you, honey, but I need to be fair.
1: I know. Yeah. <laughs> when
0: well, reading books part is fun too. At this point, Anna, our daughter, she loves to carry them, loves to look at them and move the pages on her schedule, usually just rip them out of my hand, <laughs> but she hasn't quite grasped the, like, let's sit and listen to the book as much as we've tried.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. That, the reading books we put into their bedtime routine from very early age. I mean, that's one of the things that I, I've i really like the advice I tend to give when people ask with kids is do a bedtime routine and stick to it because it makes <laughs> as older so much better, um, and the books is something that is always been really important in my family, and is a memory I have of us growing up in the bed bedtime books. So they've always gotten a lot of books at bedtime, and and uh, it's pretty obvious around our house. I think we have numerous bookcases, all of children book children's books.
0: <laughs> well, you're giving me the encouragement to try it again because she'll she'll have like a bottle before bed and then it's like you know it's she's out so it's like you got to get her happy enough to lean back and listen as opposed to get fussy because she's hungry
1: yeah that one is hard when they're still nursing or doing bottles yeah um, you still have a while before <laughs> a little bit longer before you can really get into that bedtime book routine
0: well if you're so if your bedtime routine starts at seven and you know, you got to get home from work and everything. Tell tell me a little bit about your, your job and the schedule you keep for what it is you do and take us through that.
1: Sure. Um, so I'm an engineer, I'm a civil engineer, um, with a utility company. Um, we, our mornings start pretty early. Um, I start work at seven 30. So we are right at the door at my kids go to daycare. Um, so we're right at the door as soon as they open at seven o'clock. Um, so we are getting ready, getting moving pretty early in the morning. Um, but that also means that we get done at the end of the day. Like I'm, I'm done at four. Um, and my husband's done, you know, four, four thirty ish. So we get that time between, you know, the dinner time and some, a little bit of time to play before bedtime.
0: Well, that's crucial if their routine starts at around seven for winding down that you've managed to make sure that you get your work work done and you're out by four.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's some days that that doesn't happen, but <laughs> like, um, we're we're pretty good at the, if it it's one of us that are, is for sure getting done around that time. We don't like to push it too late because cause it does make your evenings very short.
0: So tell me how you make it happen that you are, you know, first in line for when daycare opens, because that, I always have the best laid plans to make that happen myself. And I really admire the ones who can get that done consistently.
1: (laughs) Um, Some days it's luck. Uh, (laughs) um, We, so I actually pick out clothes for both kids on Sundays, have them laid out. Um, So there's. So there's no question on what they're wearing. We don't, I don't have to think about it. And my husband can grab a set of clothes and put them on. Um, my son at this point is actually in a uniform. So it helps a little bit on that, that side of things. It's the same thing. And, um, we just, we just go, go, go in the mornings. It's okay. This is the next thing you're doing. Um, we do, they get a little bit of, cuddles when we first wake them up but we also then the really nice part that helps is that daycare does breakfast yes so we don't have to do breakfast here at home so once we get them up once we get their teeth brushed we can get a, if all goes well we can get them out of the house in 20 minutes
0: you are a queen you deserve, <laughs> deserve certificate medal pin to wear every day
1: uh I, I wouldn't say that. I I I mean that's that's on a good day. We we do have some days where my husband and I look at each other and are like what just happened? Like how how it, why is everybody melting down? What what is going on? So <laughs> like
0: where is the moon? <laughs> this point. Exactly. Like, exactly. Do we have.
1: On a good day it's everybody's moving, everybody's doing. I, I have found some days lately I'll wake my son up and tell him he, he can keep his eyes closed and I kind of dress him while he's still half asleep. <laughs> <laughs> so get the- so I, I allow some of that instead of making him get up and do it himself. Right now I'm looking at the ease of getting out the door instead of the responsibility of getting himself together.
0: Yeah. So with- I pick my bad. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. So with utility engineering, that's kind of specific. Is that something that you had, you know, just been daydreaming in college? Like that just sounds the most interesting or was it?
1: No, um, I, so like I said, I'm a civil engineer and I wasn't really sure where I wanted to go with that. Um, I actually thought I'd go more on the consulting, like, uh like subdivision type design side. That's kind of how I got into it. I liked a little bit of the architecture side. I liked the idea of, of building new communities. Mm -hmm. Um, But when I grad, when I was graduating and looking for a job, I started interviewing really anywhere and everywhere. And I mean, even across the country, I wasn't really set on staying in this area necessarily and this job was one I interviewed for and everything just kind of felt right I was like okay this sounds interesting nothing I ever would have thought of at all a civil in this in this world mm-hmm. and I've been there ever since so it kind of, it worked out in my favor
0: so you've been with the same organization since you left college correct that's pretty
1: rare. Yeah, it is. Um, especially these days. Um, I find that I, I get a lot of questions about it of, of, don't you want to try new things? Don't you want to do something else? But, um, I have a lot of variety with my job. I've gotten to do some really cool things. Um, a little bit of travel. I've gotten to go do some testing in, um, various places just outside of the States. I've gotten to get involved in numerous aspects of what the company does. Um, and it's kept my interest mm-hmm. and, um, and I, and I like it there. It's a great company. They've got good values. I like the people I work with. Um, yeah, definitely, there's ups and downs for sure, but there's been nothing that's been like, I'm done. I'm out. It's, I've also, you know, because it's a niche place, um, I think now if I, to look somewhere else, I'd be completely starting over. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's a little bit of, not scared necessarily, but a little bit of nerves there that something really has to be going wrong for me to, to consider that. Sure.
0: Well, with that, too, I'm sure you build equity in the relationships with the organization as far as, you know, partners for projects and just your day to day folks where they know that you're talented at what you do and they can vouch for you. And it sounds like perhaps there's been people who have said, hey, Jess would be fantastic on this project. Let's get her on this and been able to help you get those opportunities as well.
1: Absolutely, for sure.
0: And so you started there and you've worked your way up and now you are in a supervisory role, correct?
1: Yes, I am. And it's actually in the same department I started with. So again, kind of rare. I haven't moved around much at all. And I just kind of worked my butt off to to get to the position I, I am now.
0: That's good. Now, how many direct reports do you have?
1: Uh, currently I have seven and I am in the process of interviewing
0: for a position. That's great. And so what is your approach in managing your team?
1: Um, I give them a lot of room to do their job, um, I have the mentality, you know, I, I give them, they're adults. Um, they know how to handle themselves. They know what's expected and I let them do that unless they prove me wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, and I tend to be pretty open about those expectations. Um, actually I just had a conversation like that today is we just, a new guy just um, came on on Monday. And, and so I, yesterday I was actually talking about my style and I said, I don't like to micromanage. I'm going to give you a lot of leeway until you prove me wrong. And then, then it's going to be, then it's more on me, you know, that, that I let you stray too far, but um I I try and make sure that they know that questions are a good thing that I'm there for all aspects of it. We have monthly one-on-one conversations to make sure everybody's feeling good and, and knows where to go, but that's more to get the style of the people who want the more formal connection. Mm-hmm. But then there's also the, there are a lot, you know, I want them to come talk to me at any point in the day and, and bring me into stuff and, That kind of thing. Yeah.
0: And it's interesting when you have a a similar size team as to what I have in my position. And it's so interesting to try to figure out what level of touch that each person needs. Like certain people I can say in passing, hey, I want you to look into this opportunity. Let me know what you think. And that they run with it and are great. And that's all they Mm -hmm. need. They don't need they they need interactions like that they can handle an email assignment but other people want that regular scheduled face to face it doesn't always have to be very long but they want that dedicated time and then i have another person who <laughs> i'm trying to work on it but um will do the email and then face to face to follow up on the email and then wants to set a meeting to talk about the topic. And I'm trying to figure, oh. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out a, the best way to manage that. So it's like seven or eight is not like 30, which that would be, I can't imagine that. That's a lot of people, but it's just enough where you have to twist your brain and these all these different ways to make sure that you're giving all those people what they need. So they're successful.
1: Absolutely. And I have a, a relatively new team. So, um, and I've been I'm relatively new in this position as well. So I'm constantly trying to tweak um, how I I am interacting with each person to make sure that they're getting
0: what they need. Now, do you have um, support from your HR at work that helps kind of navigate that? Or do you seek out uh, stuff on your own or trial and error?
1: I would say mostly trial and error. Um, I I do have other supervisors um, that that I have a good relationship with that that occasionally I'll bounce some stuff off them. Um, my manager, I have a good relationship with my manager, so I'm able to bounce some ideas off of them as well. Um, our HR. They do have some trainings that occasionally, um, and if if they're, like, they're more on the HR issues, though, not necessarily the, like, how to supervise. So, they're there for the the technical
0: side of HR. Sure. Yeah, and some organizations I've seen that they have, like, training and development departments. I'm like, well, what would that look like? Because where I work is not big enough to warrant such a department but you should really check out um you know obviously you're on a podcast but i don't know how how into overall podcasts you are but um there's this newer one called work life and it's by this guy named adam grant and he you know calls himself and he is but what he's assigned to what his expertise is he's a work psychologist And Mm -hmm. his, his little tagline is I figure out ways to help organizations make sure work doesn't suck. I'm like, well, that's, (laughs) that's a good thing to do (laughs) because most of us do have to work. So (laughs) it'd be nice to have everybody's work not suck. Um, And I've, I've enjoyed his, his writing and stuff for the past, maybe a year or so. I discovered his book, um, Originals, when I was coming back from maternity leave, because I found myself, you know, yes, I like my job and going back and was, you know, looking forward to, it, but I was just had a hard time getting my mind back into it and having that pace back, which you know, I've been focusing on diapers, not you know, deadlines. So um, okay. his book was really, really good. Helped me, like, get re-energized about you know, just you know, getting new ideas together and driving forward. And so this podcast you just launched maybe a couple of months ago. I finally got around to listening to it and it is so good. Tons of stuff about teams. Like I found myself listening to it yesterday in my car and I was like there needs to be a way for like me to be listening to a podcast and be able to like tap my screen real quick to kind of bookmark a section. So Oh that's a good idea. Yeah, it's my invention. Invent that. I know. This copyright <laughs> according <laughs> know, right. But like it would be so great. So I could go back to it and check it out. Because obviously, I mean, not obviously, but a lot of people listen to podcasts when they're doing something else. So it's not like, oh, let me get out my pen and paper while I'm driving. That's safe. So and just a way to keep track of it. But there's so many good things that I've already learned from just the two and a half I've listened to about teams and you know maybe having all a players isn't the best way to be the most successful like you need people who can assist and do other things so there's some basketball analogies but um he met with some folks at butler university which is near where i am in indianapolis and um they have a really successful basketball program but part of the interesting thing of the way they do things is that They don't go for like the high school LeBron Jameses and get all of them and put them all together. Obviously, you know there's different positions, but they don't go for the standout star. They look for, you know, a team that covers all bases and has really selfless, um, humble players that are talented, but you know, Hmm. are are wanting to are okay with scoring only four points to win instead of twenty points in the loss. So. You should definitely check that one out. I've already have a whole list of things that I want to try to experiment, so I want to try with my team based off of his suggestions, so he's really interesting.
1: yeah, absolutely sounds very interesting.
0: yeah, so it's not sponsored uh, by anyone and also not this person, <laughs> not Adam grant <laughs> uh, <laughs> so so with that being a supervisor, and you know make a little bit of an assumption just from what I know about engineering and a couple things you've hinted at is that most of your team is probably guys right
1: yeah yeah currently it's it's all males right yeah
0: (laughs) well that's that's fun though because you're like (laughs) you're like meanwhile (laughs) i'm the boss which that's fun um (laughs) see most of my team is women and we have we have one gentleman and so we're just kind of (laughs) like like you're the Poor guy. <laughs> oh, he likes it. He loves it. Um, so with that, it's you know, you have to kind of think of not that gender equals a certain way of doing things or not, but, you know, traditional things you got to consider. Um, how many of them are just, you know, you don't have to say how many exactly, but um, I would imagine some of them are parents, some of them are not.
1: That That's correct. Um, I have a pretty young team. Um, so the, the company in the last few years has realigned a little bit and, and split themselves up into more regionalized, um, teams. And so with that, our teams, we know we needed to hire new people to be able to build these regional teams. So, um, Since I became supervisor, I have been continuously interviewing. Um, So there's a lot of inexperience, you know, new people into the industry. Um, We have some, some people that are just out of college and then, and we've got people with young families and things like that. So we're, we're a pretty young team in that aspect.
0: Sure. So, you're, so you were able to compete and earn your supervisor role and you, said, you talked a little bit about how you manage your team and how you set expectations with them. But how do you build a culture that, you know, is supportive of the business, but then also allows for the same things that you and I would definitely like is flexibility so we can have our family life too and not be at work for 50 hours a week.
1: Um, so the company itself, um, has a really big culture movement, um, to make sure that everybody enjoys being at work, that it's not just about the production that we're looking at, um, kind of the big picture of how people feel. Um, and with that is the company also recognizes that people have a life outside, of work. And so, um, there's, we have a flex schedule that you can do. Um, so that helps out a little bit. And we do though. I mean, I I'm on call because if, if there's <laughs> trying not to give away exactly sure. what I do, I mean, like, um, if
0: there's an emergency you need to help. So,
1: um, so, there are certain times that that i we're working off hours and things like overtime and and all that kind of stuff and and you, I think it's just that conversation of yes, we realize that kids have doctors' appointments and that your spouse is not going to be able to handle it all and um sometimes we have to be a little bit flexible with that and it's it's a one on one conversation we try not to do a overreaching like everybody, you can do whatever you want, but it's more of a, with each person I say, Hey, you know, if you've got something coming up, come talk to me and we'll figure out how to make it work. So it's, it allows that flexibility with that person based on their personality, their responsibilities, how they're going to handle that extra leeway. If that makes sense. Yeah.
0: So what do you what do you do when you've got a piece out for a sick baby?
1: Um I, I'm very open with my manager. Um I tend to feel like I need to overshare um to make sure that everybody understands that I have these things that I have to do that my kids are my priority, but I'm also working really hard in the hours that I'm not at the office to make sure that I'm still caught up, that I'm still supporting them as, as they need me to. So even if I'm at home with a sick child and I'm having to take vacation to do that, my work phone is always on and my laptop is usually up so that if a question comes in, I'm able to answer it within, you know, a short amount of time. Um, So it's just, I feel like to do that, I'm just constantly proving that I can do both. Like, I know that doesn't sound like a good balance (laughs) and I I don't know if it really necessarily is a a balance, but it is that that's how I manage it.
0: Have you ever heard of the term or the suggestion of leave loudly? Mm Mm-hmm. And that's what you're doing. You're, you're leaving loudly and letting your team know that you're going to take care of something that's in your personal life and it's important to you and it's setting the precedent that, oh, just can leave and that's okay. And everybody knows she's doing it. It doesn't have to be sneaky. So someday when they have that need, hopefully through repetition, not for the sake of your kids being sick too terribly often, but they'll be confident enough to ask for what they need. And I think, I think that you're doing definitely the right thing as far as, oversharing a little bit, as long as that's with your comfort level, but I wish it wasn't the case where you felt like you needed to prove that you were doing your job because heaven forbid you took the time that you've earned as well.
1: Yeah. And I, and, and actually just recently, um, I was paired recently with a a mentor outside of my company through a leadership program I'm doing. But this mentor and I were talking kind of along the same lines as as trying to make sure that you're doing the thing you need to do at the right time. And she brought up this speech that the CEO of Coca-Cola did at a graduation ceremony in the late 90s. And she was talking about certain things in our life being balls and that you're juggling the balls. And some of these balls, like your family and faith and, um, friends are glass balls. And if you drop a glass ball, it could shatter or crack or things like that. And so those are ones that you have to really focus on. And, and is work a glass ball, or is it a rubber ball? If you drop it, so on this day, if you drop that ball, it's really just going to bounce back up and, and you're it's going to take you a couple of days to get back, you know, where you need to be, but you're going to be able to do it and it's not going to have any lasting effect. So that I didn't do that analogy justice, but um, with that conversation it's really gotten me thinking and we've had a kind of crazy two weeks here and I've actually had to use that in my head a couple of times to make sure that to know that I am doing the right decision because that is, that is what's going, you know, to shatter. That's, that's what I have to take care of now and everything else is going to fall into a place as I get back into it and and pick all that stuff up. But I have to take care of the ones that are most important. So I think I'm even just in this last few weeks, since I had that conversation, I'm, I'm re re um, repeating that in my head just to make sure that I I remember what's important. It
0: sounds like a really good way to get centered, though. Sometimes those little little phrases or quotes or whatever can help you have that mindset that you need in that moment.
1: Oh, absolutely. I think it's really easy um, with so many things that working moms have on their plate to let things kind of spiral. And I found that to stop that spiral, you have to focus on something that, that things aren't, yes, everything seems to be, you know, both kids are sick, um, husband's traveling a ton, uh, on and on and on. And, it all seems so much at one time but to be able to focus on that one thing you're able to put things into perspective and and get back to that like less stressful chaotic spot mhm
0: so tell me a little bit more about this mentor that you've gotten engaged with
1: um so i was lucky enough to be nominated through my company for this leadership program here in columbus congratulations that's awesome (laughs) thank you and it's with other people in companies around the city um and it's on servant leadership so it's a little bit of training on on ways a different style of of leadership and with that comes a lot of cool opportunities so a capstone is part of it so we're working with Nonprofits within the city, um, they are coming up. They came to this program and said, "Here's my issue." And then the Capstones all got to pick their nonprofit and, and work towards being kind of like a free consultant mm-hmm. for this nonprofit. And then along with that as well, we were given mentors, if we wanted to, that were graduates of this leadership program. And so um, the mentor that I was paired with, she is also a working mom um, and went through this program a couple years ago, and just has a really good perspective. She is um, a manager. Oh, I think I might get her title wrong. Um, <laughs> she's a director at one of the um, large companies here in in Columbus. And, um, she's, she's got given me some really good advice. We haven't gotten to meet that many times yet, but we've done emails back and forth occasionally. And, and
0: I'm really excited
1: to get to know her a little bit more.
0: And it's been how long that you've been meeting with her then a few months.
1: Um, we, it would have been end of February kind of, Oh, so just, I would say just about a month and a half is when we've really gotten to know each other.
0: That's really great though, especially kind of stepping out of your day-to-day around the people that you work with and getting that new perspective as well as kind of stri- stretching those creative muscles on those projects.
1: Oh yeah, it's been, this this program's been really neat. Um, the networking part of it, as well as getting to, since I am in engineering, um, the nonprofit side of it and getting to do this capstone with a different um, deliverable has been has been fun. Although I ended up on a team that is very data driven, so I didn't get too far out of my day to day
0: that just that just means that you can do an extra great job. <laughs> See, we have um a mentor program at work and it's it's not very um complex, I'd say, but um I've found a fair amount of value in at least the mentor I was paired with because um he's someone who is at the executive level, so that's been helpful as far as understanding, you know, just the larger scale strategic plan approach to things that we do,
1: um,
0: as well as open up some opportunities to get on teams for projects that were pretty interesting. Um, But I've also um, engaged with one of my uh, peers in my field to to kind of challenge each other to reach out to other people that we think are interesting. Not, not necessarily to like, let's have 50 mentors each, but try to find people that we think are doing big things in our communities and see if we can get them to have coffee with us, get them to have lunch and just kind of build that network more. um, So we don't stay in our bubble as far as organizations or work types uh because we both work in the essentially government sector Mm -hmm. so and have for the majority of each of our careers so we're like look not that we're trying to go anywhere but recognizing that it's not ideal to only live in one space without exposure to the the private sector right so we talked a little bit about kind of where you've gone on your, with your career and the really great opportunities that have been around for you um, at your organization and a little bit about your crazy mornings, but you leave it for, tell me how you make it happen in that three hours of time and time for yourself. Is there time for yourself in there?
1: Uh, <laughs> I um. I need to get better at that.
0: <laughs> that did is I, somewhere I, I need to find improve something? a
1: <laughs> I need to improve a bit. Although um, tonight um, we did. There's a group of moms from the daycare. All the all of us have sons in the same class, and so there's a handful of us that try and do a happy hour every month or every couple weeks. Um, so I actually was able to do that today after work um so that's that's definitely time for me so I get it in there occasionally not time for me like working out but time for me to you
0: know (laughs) happy hour see I I know we briefly talked about working out and I started doing that I was like Natalie you need to get your you need to get your life together (laughs) I'm in (laughs) get your life together mode so please pray for me um (laughs) I started working out just, like, at home doing, like, videos and stuff on Monday. And I was proud of myself because my eyes went blink at, like, 5 o'clock on Monday morning. They just, yep, it's time to do that. We're going to do that. I am so stinking sore three days in. I'm like, this is pathetic. This is <laughs> – <laughs> I tried a foam roller last night, and I was like, this feels good and terrible at the same time. And it was oh, really yeah. – <laughs> I was really expecting it to, like – lessen the soreness of this morning it would be like not stupid feeling to do exercises and I'm like well of course today's exercise is lower body and my legs are already like full of lactic acid <laughs> <laughs> so that is the challenge and I I'm I'm going to stick with it for sure because it's not only good for me but I've felt a little bit more energetic which is a plus um and uh the only way it's happening is if I get up in the morning. <laughs> like, we get up decently early, anyways. But the only way it's going to happen is if I do it in the morning because, like tonight, that the evening is unpredictable and I'm tired and I'm not trying to jump around after I did di- dinner. And <laughs> <it's>
1: just... <laughs> I agree, and that's really struggle because you know I already get up at five thirty. Yep. So you're pushing that even earlier and I don't want to do it at night because I really, you know, after kids are in bed, you're trying to clean up the house, you're trying to get ready for the next day. And also I really want to have that time with my husband, you know, that's the time when we get to connect is for that hour, you know, before we go to bed and I don't want to lose that. So, um, Right now, that's that's really you know, and and I'll get into a routine for a couple of days and be like, I got this, and and then I miss you know two in a row, and then suddenly I miss a couple of weeks, and <laughs> then you're back. So um, that's that's something that I continuously am thinking about and trying to figure out how to to do better.
0: Yeah. Well. My work is not cool and it does not have a gym, but I know some places have gyms at their work where they can take time on lunch or if they feel extra peppy, get there early and work out and then get ready for work at work. People have done that. And I've I've had, they don't offer it consistently, but they'll do like yoga or um, Pilates and stuff like every other Friday, which is nice, but you know, it's not consistent enough to be like, okay, that's the thing I'm going to do. But I Mm -hmm. always feel so bad when it's like, okay, I need to leave in enough time to get over there, change, because I don't really want to walk around my office in yoga clothes. Um, Exactly. It's like, you guys don't need that information about me. I'm going to (laughs) take this over there. Um, And so those types of workplace things are neat, but it's also like, and I, and I don't say this to sound like, oh, I'm so fancy, but like, I'm, you know, transparent and, you know, friendly with my team, but I don't want to be so casual that they don't take me seriously or other people I work with. So it's kind of right.
1: like,
0: I feel bad if I sneak out for the actual class, which is an hour, but then I need cushion time to do the the walk over there and the outfit change both times.
1: Yeah, that, that is really tough. Um, I, I find that, you know, to be able to get out of there, you know, as close to four as, as possible that I'm eating lunch at my desk and answering questions during that lunch time that, and all that. So to be able to find that hour, to be able to, to run downstairs to the gym. And I really like, it blows my mind, the people that are able to do that. And go back to their desk and look like they never worked out. Like,
0: <laughs> it's like, did you actually work out?
1: Yeah, that's not me. Like, if I'm if I'm out there working out, then it's going to be pretty obvious that
0: <laughs> like we're working.
1: <laughs> that my uh, makeup is melted off and my hair is up in a ponytail, some some disaster's bun or something. Yeah.
0: Well, when I worked at a different place, there wasn't like a gym that was associated with the organization it was the build the office building was attached to a hotel um which as i say it out loud that's strange but i'm like that's very common there's lot there's lots of those but it was attached to a hyatt and they had a gym and one of the people in the leadership role at the at the organization was like oh yeah i go down to the gym over there it's only like 20 dollars a month i'm like well, I do have a gym membership, but I'm going to do that so I can work out at lunch and do that and, like, be so fit. It's going to be the best. And I get down there, and it was like, oh, no, it's 45 a month. I'm like, I'm not paying 45 And then an additional, but they gave me, like, a free month to try it out. I'm like, okay. It was the <laughs> best. They had showers. They had, like, oh. towels. Because you go to hotel, and they've got, like, the towels that are pre wet which sounds kind of gross when i say that but like they had like the aromatherapy and it was in the fridge ready for you to like towel off with this cold towel it was it was amazing it was the best month yeah. <laughs> but then you get weird people that are traveling and they want to talk to you you're like uh leave me alone like, it's just, like just like go away but it was really it was cool because the leadership a couple of people in the leadership team there. Worked out, so it was kind of like, Oh, this is okay for me to do, also at least if they're doing it. And got some nice face time with them and be like, Hey, we're on the treadmill next to each other. You want to talk about work though? <laughs> it's like, No, yeah, let's just be friends so you can help me out. So, I do have some questions for you outside of everything sure. we've already talked about, but we talked a little bit about you know your newer team and you're doing a lot of hiring and you're growing with this new regional approach but what are your goals for 2018 for your career and they certainly don't have to be ones that you're actually getting measured on at the end of this year but maybe some personal goals you have for your team or your approach or whatever
1: so this one goes back to the leadership program I'm doing and it it really is just get the most out of it um and make sure that i put the things that i'm learning into practice um and and some of the things are how to to better connect and are you are you really connected to the people on your team do they feel that you actually genuinely care about them and do you know what some of their you know and and it kind of sounds cheesy when you don't have the whole back like what are some of their life goals and are you helping them achieve some of those things? So um, taking what I'm learning in that leadership course and putting it into play in my actual job.
0: And that's the whole point of those programs though, is to develop the leaders in the community and help them each do better where they exist and work. And that sounds like a great goal. Thanks. (laughs) So on the off chance, you carve out some time away from your desk, which I can definitely relate to because I'm, I'm trying to leave at 4 or 4.30 as well. So the desk lunch is crucial. But when you decide, okay, today's the day I'm going to go to lunch. Who is it? Who's your dream person to lunch with?
1: Ruth Bader Ginsburg.
0: <laughs> Did you see the, oh gosh, who was it? Oh, John, it's not John Stewart. It's the other, right? Stephen Colbert. He did a an interview. Yes. Did you see it?
1: Uh, We we record those, and uh-huh. I think I'm a, a, a bit back. So, so. I, I don't know. I don't think I know which one you're talking about.
0: Sure. Well, tell me about why you love her, and then I'll tell you where to find that video.
1: Okay. So I just think her story is really inspiring. Um, she was one of the first females to – Go to law school. Um, she really had to fight for her position at a law firm. Um, her she her and her husband's relationship. He completely helped support her. You know, on this path that she took. Um, I think she has a bit of a. I just like her personality. She's got a little bit of a spark. kind of, I feel like she's got a little snarkiness that, that is (laughs) kind of fun. Um, And I just, I I think that she's fascinating. I like how she handles herself. She, when she disagrees with something, she's not the way she handles those disagreements. And she explains her position and she listens to the other side, even though, you know, that she's a hundred percent against it. I just, there's so much about her that really embodies, um, grace and just, I think she's a woman that that has a lot to, to share.
0: Well, now I want to have lunch too. (laughs) (laughs) I, you've really put that really eloquently. I've, I've admired her, you know, kind of from afar, but now, now I feel like I need to learn more about her
1: we've there's actually some really fun kids' books um about Her's her uh, okay. <laughs> uh, um, that that it's a really fun read just for that there's also the notorious um r b g uh-huh I've heard of this uh, that one's a fun one um so there's some good ones out there about her
0: that's great i'm I'm writing this down for sure. <laughs> So, but with this video, which obviously is not as good of a reasoning as as you've provided, um, (laughs) she and Stephen Colbert work out together. And of course there's banter in between. It's really, really hilarious. I just found it, it just came up as a suggestion on YouTube after I was watching something for work, actually. So I was like, well, clearly I need to watch this. This is important. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) So outside of your, you know, kind of one-on-one time with your husband after the kids go to bed, when you guys do your date nights or whatever it is um, you call your time together, what is it you guys like to do?
1: We're big hockey fans. So actually on Monday, he surprised me with tickets and a babysitter to be able to go to um, the Blue Jackets playoff game. It turned into their last one, but Um we're big hockey fans. So being able to incorporate that into our nights out and then we also like really good food. So good restaurants, those finding um, new restaurants that we haven't been to or being able to go to some breweries. My husband's big into craft beer and he actually brews his own. So he likes to check that stuff out. So we try and incorporate all of that.
0: And that's a great surprise at the hockey game.
1: Oh, I was, I was pumped. It was a (laughs) lot of fun. Playoff atmosphere is just amazing,
0: like that static and electric at that point, oh yeah so where where are your favorite food and brewery spots where you live?
1: Wolf's Ridge is a great one. They have fantastic food, and their their beer is very good um, there's a little little restaurant by us um that has some great food, and has a fun selection of unique cocktails. Mm-hmm. Um, we we like seafood, so I'll try and hit up a. We'll try and hit up a really good seafood restaurant restaurants occasionally. We like to try. We there's so many new ones here that we really do kind of look to see what we haven't made it to yet and, and try and hit those up. Yeah. And
0: That's one of the things that we like to do as well. And after having Anna, it's been like, we, didn't that restaurant just open up? And then we like, look it up. We're like, uh, that's been open for over a year now. We just kind of like checked out of that whole scene <laughs> for a minute. Cause we'll yep. certainly take her, you know, with us wherever we can, but sometimes the restaurants where we're going to go are not really suitable for kids as far as how close the tables are to each other. And, you know, there's nothing there that she can eat or, you know, it doesn't say no kids, but if you brought a kid in there, it would be like (laughs) record stop.
1: (laughs) We, we tend to bring the kids, um, do most restaurants there are a few that I would I would not feel comfortable with certain areas of town I sure. think it, if if we were doing some restaurants in certain areas I would not necessarily take them or I would go to the like different style for that yeah but
0: so I do don't really eat sushi so
1: I <laughs> would be surprised though no <laughs>
0: There's plenty of stuff on
1: a sushi menu that That's that true. they won't That's
0: like. That's true. See, the the um, sushi place we go to has, well, you know, J Zone by used to go to. They have certain days of the week where in the bar area, it's half off certain ones in the bar area, no kids. So we're like, oh man, we can't go there anymore. So I'm not paying full price. <laughs>
1: Do they do that to go? Can you get half price to go? No.
0: They're, they're too smart. Uh-oh.
1: Yeah, they are. People would take advantage of that.
0: hmm So when you're doing your busy weeknight routine and you're getting everything done so quickly, I know you told me that you use that cooking dinner time to kind of transition into back into mom and wife mode after being... Badass supervisor mode <laughs> what how are what are your what's your favorite recipe that gets you the quickest from starting the dinner to eating with your kids and enjoying time together
1: So I tend to do pretty simple meals um I like to cook, but I don't necessarily go fancy it's i, I do a protein uh a side- a vegetable side. And then some other kind of side, it's pretty standard, um, setup that I've got going Mm -hmm. and I do roast almost all of my vegetables. I think you can't go wrong when you roast them.
0: That's true. So,
1: um, it, that, that keeps it pretty straightforward for what's going on. Um, you've got your, your meat, or your protein for the day and how you're going to cook it. I do a lot of different things with that, but it's that standard recipe of meat side and another side, and that's where I can get creative. But for a specific recipe, I there I've been doing the stir fry lately. That's mm-hmm. really easy. Um, so I'll do like a ground beef or or some something like that. Throw it in the wok. I do steamed rice in the microwave. There are those pouches that that's already. Cool ready for you to go it's clever those and then you get the packets packages of the frozen steam fresh um mixed vegetables mm-hmm. so like cubed carrots and the peas and the corn and green beans or something whatever mix and you cook steam that in the microwave and so you've got now your meat your veggies and your rice you put it in there and i make a a sauce with um like coconut aminos like or soy sauce or you know and then some other flavors and stuff like that and get it all together and you've got a a fantastic healthy stir fry
0: that sounds perfect
1: <laughs> it's fun and and you can change it up and change your your sauce flavors and all that and and everybody loves it
0: <laughs> I'm gonna have to add that to my recipes for next week
1: yeah it's it's one of my go-to's when Andy travels it's I usually I have about four things in the back of my head of when he's traveling of the meals that we're gonna have that are quick and easy and I know kids you know both the kids will eat them and and we're good to go yeah
0: well, I can only imagine the the different directions your, your eyes and ears and hands have to be going with two kids while you're solo, because for that, you know, 30 minutes or so that I'm home before Tony's home, and if she's awake um, from her travel nap, it's like, I'm trying to get this started, but don't run away, and don't do this, because she's walking now. <laughs> so I can only imagine how that juggle is for you when he's traveling, so bless you for Having a sounds like a good strategy on how to make it all happen of an evening.
1: We have uh the way our house is set up, the kitchen and the the family room are kind of one very large room. So as I'm in there doing stuff I can see if what the kids are into in the living room. So and we have some doors that we can close off to help keep them in this general area.
0: Stop the wandering.
1: <laughs> they, they figured out, well, the little one has figured out how to open them, which has been tough, but for the most part.
0: <laughs> they got to get those weird uh, plastic knob cover things that <laughs> look hard for well, them not... to open.
1: Oh, I know. We have to take them off when, when our parents come so that they can get out of the house. They're <laughs> <laughs> like, I got it. <laughs> you've locked us in you've now grandparent proofed it (laughs) well these are the doors that just kind of like pull open and pull close. they're not the twisty knob kind of gotcha
0: well thank you so much for joining me tonight and talking a little bit about your your work history and where you've gone and kind of where you're going I'm really excited for this new regional approach you guys are working on and I'm really excited also for this to hear more about the leadership program you're in
1: well thank you so much for having me it was fun
0: have an awesome night you too thanks for listening to after daycare drop-off We hope you enjoyed our conversation today with Jess and find yourself inspired to try something new and put yourself out there. Be sure to follow the podcast on Instagram at afterdaycaredropoff, subscribe and rate the show and share it with your friends. Until next time.